It's time to awaken your inner traveler and zip around the world as money is sent to the people who rely on it. Welcome to Money Travels, presented by Visa. I've been working in customer service in multiple ways since, I guess, I started working. That's Frank. He's one of the millions of U.S. workers who live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people that I work with don't have a lot of the safety net, I guess. They'll have to take advances out through, like, services. And those services are, like, there's, like, a high risk or interest rate. Or predatory lending. Companies that make money, in part, off of the fact that many workers need to wait until payday to access their wages. And this lack of access can have real consequences. I could be like, oh, I really wanted to go to that concert, but I can't afford it right now. I have to wait to my next paycheck, and then it sells up by that time. Yeah, it would be great to be able to always pull from your wages. Earned wage access might even incentivize some workers to give their employers some extra hours. That is beneficial. I would feel, especially for part-time people, like employees that work part-time, I feel like, especially for them, if they can gauge how much they have and if they need more, they could take on more shifts. I work full-time, so I can't take on more shifts. But yeah, I can see how that would be useful incredibly for someone that works part-time. If I saw a job with similar pay and one of them did like bi-weekly and then somebody did earned wage access, I would prefer the earned wage access one. I would treat it like a benefit. Welcome to Money Travels, presented by Visa. I'm Indre Viscontis. On this podcast, we follow the money as it zips around the world, enabling our fellow humans to survive and thrive. And we talk to the experts who are building the tools that will transform the next generation of money movement. Like Frank, so many of us live paycheck to paycheck. Even wealthy people often don't have immediate access to money in their various accounts and instead rely on paychecks to cover expected expenses. But what happens when, inevitably, the unexpected costs come due? We can reimburse a friend for dinner instantaneously. Why can't we get paid for the hours we work just as efficiently? What if, instead of being paid on the 15th or the last day of the month, we could access earned wages any day? What would the impact be on our spending? on our feelings towards our employer, on our likelihood of choosing one job over another, or of adding an extra shift. On this episode, we turn to the head of global commercialization for Visa Direct, Mike West, Senior Director of Payroll and Benefits at Ralph Lauren, Paul Simpson, and Strategic Initiatives Director at CloudPay, Nick Newman, to tell us about the latest developments in payroll systems that help employers pay their workers fast and what implications these innovations might have for the future of work. Welcome to Money Travels, Mike, Paul, and Nick. On this show, we're uncovering how money moves between people, places, and businesses, and making the invisible infrastructure that enables money movement visible. And so I want to start with you, Paul. I'd love for you to give us an overview of the vast operations at Ralph Lauren. You know, your network of employees goes far beyond just the retail stores. So give us a sense of where in the world 
we can find Ralph Lauren employees and what types of jobs they might do. So yeah, obviously Ralph Lauren's a global company based across our North America, Asia and EMEA region, the EMEA region, which is the region that I have responsibility for the payroll. Jobs are varied, as you said, from retail in stores to our corporate support teams. And you also have a number of other kind of almost internal companies, I think about it, like Color on Demand or Natural Fiber Welding, digital product identities, even creating virtual wardrobes for avatars. So I'm sure you obviously have employees in all of these different corners of the world. So how do you navigate the payroll challenges that this variety must cause? Payroll is a very complex operations in our company. Obviously, we're based across 17 countries across the EMEA region. The legal framework in those 17 countries is obviously very different from country to country. And we have different business models across those countries. So it is quite challenging and complex, but it's a challenge that we very much enjoy. So Nick, this sounds obviously like there are a lot of different types of payroll challenges that might come up when you have this kind of a global company. Can you tell us a little bit about CloudPay's role in terms of making sure that Ralph Lauren's employees get paid when they need to? Yeah, so what we wanted to do was have the ability to make money movement faster and more efficient. So we basically formed a partnership with Visa Direct to do that. We built an app which we integrated into the payroll. So that allowed us to have true integration to the payroll and also obviously for Ralph Lauren to deliver it as a benefit to their employees. We wanted to improve the process of that money movement. The earn wage access was actually our first foray into that. But actually what we're trying to do is make pay on demand. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is move the net pay to be instant And it also improves the cash flow for our customers. So we're trying to remove this delay in making a payment to the employee to make it instant because that improves it for everybody. And by doing it with Visa Direct, for instance, one of the things that people forget is that it's 24-7. So for us, if we make a payment via the banking network, it's not 24-7 and things can go wrong. At least we know if there's a problem instantly, and between ourselves and Ralph Lauren, we can do something to resolve that. Giving employees fast access to their earnings is what would sway Frank to take one job over another. But a global company like Ralph Lauren, where payments happen in different countries, well, they face a number of different challenges. Mike, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about Visa Direct's role in this chain, and in particular, how it might mitigate the problem of borders, especially as we want to make these payments super efficient, and as Nick described, 24-7. So how does Visa Direct accomplish this? Let me tell you a little bit about Visa Direct first. So we're one of the largest global networks, and there's several areas to this network The first one is that we can send money, send funds to cards, bank accounts, and digital wallets. We have over 7 billion endpoints. So if you're running payroll, if you're trying to pay out a worker, we can do that globally in 160 currencies. So we make it like really easy to deliver funds right into those workers' bank accounts. The second thing that Visa Direct has is just that speed 
So it's 24 seven, it's 365. It works on nights, weekends, holidays, anytime really. And as, as Nick was saying, like people are now working on demand. They're working remotely. They work on the weekend. They're doing part-time jobs or working a side hustle, doing a gig job. And so payroll is really changing to meet those workers changing behaviors as well. That monthly pay cycle that hasn't really changed in decades, hasn't really kept up with the different kind of needs of consumers and employees in terms of how they want to get paid. But also security is important as well, because this is people's wages, it's their earnings. So they want it delivered fast, but they also want it delivered safely. And they want convenient options on how to receive their funds as well. So I think providing employees' choice on how to receive those funds is also important. So, Paul, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about sort of the impact this has on your employees at Ralph Lauren. So I imagine that retention's probably never been more challenging in the current economic environment, and easy access to earned wages is probably a real selling point. Can you talk a little bit about sort of the employees that choose to opt in to earn wage access and sort of how that affects their work with Ralph Lauren? We launched Earned Wages probably just over a year ago now. And we just launched it after doing a trial period with very little PR and marketing, I guess, around it. But through employee word of mouth, we have seen a massive uptake from our employees on the Earned Wages app. And we've also seen the majority of the users of the Earned Wages app are using the pay-to-card option, which was completely new to us as a business. And a year ago when we did launch this, no one was really talking about a cost of living crisis. We was just considering this as more of a well-being benefit to support our employees to get you through. Maybe if you had an emergency halfway through the month, you could draw on your earned wages. But obviously with the state of the world today and with the whole cost of living crisis, we've seen this benefit become even more important to our employees. And it's really supported our teams through difficult times that most people are facing today. So yeah, we've been really pleased with the uptake. We've started to analyse the benefits of this around the whole retention. We're working with our recruitment teams to look at the rate of return on our investment for things like retention reducing absenteeism and basically being able to attract those employees or prospective employees, which, as you know, is a very difficult market for everyone at the moment. Yeah, and it made me wonder if there isn't a sort of psychological component. If you know that the work that you did today, you have access to those wages tomorrow or even immediately, that there's a sense that, hey, I'm going to take on an extra shift because I know I'll get access to that money and I want to buy something expensive or maybe something time limited. Well, there's concert tickets going on sale this weekend. I'm going to need the money, so I'm going to add a shift. Do you see those kinds of decisions being made by your employees or is there a kind of shift in how the reward of being paid being sooner, closer to the actual time worked affects the way that they behave? What I have seen within our company is that more employees are willing to take on more overtime, knowing that they can get access to their funds a lot earlier. And that's been key for a lot of our employees. You can look in the app, you'll see how much you've earned today and immediately have access to those funds as and when you need it. And that's been a very important part 
of the journey for us here at Ralph Lauren in terms of being able to provide that additional support to our employees and providing that flexibility in pay. And that, for me, is the next evolution in payroll, being able to provide that flexibility of pay. Nick, I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of making the shift happen. What are some of the unforeseen consequences of shifting to more of an earned wage access payment program? Or what are the benefits maybe that you see that, that we haven't thought of? We took a bit of a leap of faith when we did this, because within CloudPay, there wasn't the belief that the paying to card would actually improve things. I think everyone's been converted once they've seen it. And as Paul said, we didn't promote to the employees to use push to card to start with. They actually had their bank account on the app, which they could use. Over 90% opted to use their card. And we also saw, as Paul said, people are also concerned that people, if they get access to the wages, they're going to take lots of money out and then not have money at the end. We've seen the opposite. We have seen the value that people are withdrawing going down, the frequency going up, because they know it's available now. They see that as a benefit. And I think generally across the board, with all of our customers that are using this, the employees are thankful the employer is giving them this opportunity. But for us, the real benefit, apart from satisfying the employees, is to improve the money movement for our customers or give them more time to calculate the payroll. So I've committed to Paul to give him back at least two days on his payroll calendar. And that's our goal is to do that and to make this more effective for everyone involved, the employees and the employer. But there's another potential pain point that can slow down payments between employer and employee. And that is that you have to get the bank details of the employee and you have to make sure that those bank details are correct. So, Nick, how, when you're adding a new customer or employee, how do you validate their bank account? The only way we can effectively do that through the banking system is to send a penny test. And that relies on the employee to come back and say, yes, I've received the money. We don't have to do that with push to card. We get instant validation of that transaction and the employee can immediately use that facility. And I think we forget that. But from a payroll perspective, implementation of doing validation of the bank account is a huge undertaking. Removing that improves the process of implementation. But I think the other thing is I don't see this as an earned wage app solution. I see this as providing pay on demand. And ultimately, what we want to do is to move payment of people's net pay to this process. And we're doing that now. I'll give you a couple of use case. There was a financial institute who had staff in Ukraine who hadn't paid them for several months. We didn't do the treasury services for them. Within one week, the employees had downloaded the app and they received their money wherever they were because they could be in Poland, but they would still get their money. We had another situation last month with an organisation in Palestine who, again, the banking system changed. They couldn't pay their employees and they were instantly able to do so. We've got customers in over 45 different countries 
using this solution. So what we've done is tried to implement a global, we do global payroll. We needed a global solution. We don't have a global banking solution, but we do have an ability to pay people to their bank globally using this method. And so the difference is that it allows our customers to have a more efficient solution because the end of the day, net pay has to be paid on payday. You can't pay it the next day. Some people want it before 10 o'clock in the morning. And unfortunately, there's lots of things that can go wrong with meeting that deadline. It can be a delay in calculating the payroll. It could be the money stopped in for compliance. It could be a whole number of things. And all of our lives, Paul knows this, is spent chasing to get the employee paid on time. That for us, that's the most important thing. So EWA for us was a nut we felt needed cracking, but actually the whole thing is about paying people on demand instantly. And I think that is the difference that this makes for us. I think there's probably few things that are as demotivating as not getting paid on the day that you're expecting to get paid <laughs> in terms of you know going back to work after that. Mike, if you could tell us a little bit about what is the kind of security buttress that keeps all of this working. There's a reason why you have to do the sort of penny test when it comes to banks. You want to make sure the numbers are correct, that it's going to the correct account, that there aren't errors. There's all these checks and balances in place. So how does Visa get around that issue and still provide that kind of security? I would say one it goes just the heritage of Visa. We've got over 60 years of running global payments. And you think of all of the transactions that Visa processes and all of the infrastructure behind that. So that when you swipe your card at a merchant to buy something in store or, or you add your card details online, all of the data, all of the risk, all of the intelligence that goes behind that to make that simple and seamless and frictionless. That's all of the capabilities and the infrastructure that Visa brings. Before I mentioned you would go into a store and swipe your card and you would buy something again, it would take money from your account and give it to the merchant. Let's say you're buying something from Ralph Lauren, you're buying a shirt, you would go to the Ralph Lauren store, you swipe your card and you use it to pay for goods and services. Well, with Visa Direct, just have reversed the flow of that transaction. So now Ralph Lauren can pay that person using their card and send money to that card. And we've done that globally. We've also added not just cards, but bank accounts and digital wallets as well. So we're adding this kind of optionality. We're adding this choice to be not just the best way to pay, but the best way to get paid as well. Nick mentioned this shift towards people taking on more gigs and not necessarily just having one job, but having many jobs of having that flexibility. That's something that's really taken off and speaks personally to me as someone who's spent a lot of time freelancing. One of the most frustrating things about being a freelancer is having to chase down your payment. You spend a lot of time. And, and that's one of the reasons I think that some people just throw in the towel on their freelance work because it becomes really just not only time consuming, but very stressful when you're not sure when you're going to get paid. I wonder what this effect would have on sort of like, as you mentioned, Paul, people taking on more overtime or sticking around with the company longer. Are you also seeing greater demand now amongst these hourly or salaried even employees to have better access to their money since they're comparing themselves perhaps to some of their friends who are gig workers and getting paid on demand? 
we've seen an increase every single month on the usage, both in the amounts that are being taken and the number of withdrawals that are being made. A Ralph Lauren perspective on the return on investment in terms of how this has helped with absenteeism, how it has helped with retention and all the other things because I know basically from some of the conversations I've had with employees where they've told us that halfway through the month they've potentially run out of money and wouldn't have been potentially able to get to work and through the use of the app they've been able to make use of their salary get to their salary earlier than normal and then therefore turn up for work on a shift that they may not have been able to get to had they not had access to this money so we know there's an impact here on absenteeism levels at the very least. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but it's true. Sometimes mm. just getting to work is a problem that needs solving with immediate yeah. money. Mm. Yeah. Nick, I wonder, you mentioned earlier, you alluded to the fact that how people are using the earned wage access is somewhat counterintuitive. What are your observations in terms of how people are using this access? I can honestly say we've had no negative use hmm. of the app with any customer. We've got thousands of people using it what we have seen as i said is we've seen and worth saying that what we do is that the employer decides the criteria they set i.e., mm. how much what percentage of the earned salary someone can withdraw the number of times and each amount and i think paul you actually changed part way through paul actually changed the number of times someone could make a withdrawal they took off the limiter so providing it was in the percentage and provided it was based on a certain amount, they could withdraw because what we were finding was that people were making up their own mind. They were literally drawing out. You could see some of the amount, €26.72. Someone's paid a bill. That's what they've done. They've actually used it to pay a bill at that moment, as Paul said, so they didn't have to draw against a credit card or, or get a loan from somebody. We've not seen an abuse of the system anywhere. And we've got customers using it from all different types of industries. So I think that we've seen employees be sensible in using it. And I think we have had examples where people have seen a better retention of people. We've even seen adverts for employees advertising for people promoting a pay-on-demand solution as part of the package. So I think the world's changing. I think gone are the time when it's a monthly, bi-weekly pay scheme. People will start demanding their pay on demand. And I think the other thing I just wanted to mention about the timing, there's two things. The difference with the card, by improving the giving back two or three days to the employer, that improves their cash flow. So we're helping the organisations manage their cash flow as well. And one of the reasons why I wanted to push this for the card, we talked about how do Visa make sure it's secure. If you think about it, if you today go into a hotel or you go to hire a car, you give over your card, they validate it, and you drive off with the car or you get the key to the room. We're using the same method to validate that card. So the employee is validating their card with their issuer. They're satisfied they are that person and therefore they allow the transaction to go through. And as Mike said, in effect, we're using exactly the same infrastructure and network that you use today to go and buy goods, but in the reverse way. So all of the security that's built into that system 
is what we're using. And I would suggest it's more secure than other methods of making payments. We surveyed over a thousand employees and what we found was that almost half of those employees had less than $500 saved for unexpected expenses, Hmm. right? So I think that was one of the things that we're finding. Eight out of 10 employees spent a lot of time at work thinking about their personal finances and that took away from their productivity at work. They're thinking about their household budget, especially with the inflation the way it is today, the stress on kind of household budgets as costs are rising. So that was pretty key that came out of our research. And then the financial stress on employees' health. If you're thinking about how am I going to pay my next bill? When's my next paycheck going to arrive? That financial stress impacts people's health and wellness. And then I think just to back up what Paul and Nick were saying, when we kind of asked over a thousand employees, what are they going to use their funds for when they got access to their wages? It was unexpected bills that might come up like a gas or a utility bill. It was to pay a mobile phone bill. It was to put petrol or gas in their cars so they could actually get to their next shift. So it was these everyday expenses that just come up month to month. And so it was just helping to smooth out that household budget. And so that was some of the key insights that we were seeing as part of our research. Yeah, and some of the things that you, the use cases you've been talking about suggest that maybe this is particularly beneficial for lower wage workers, where the difference between not getting paid today and having to wait a few days can lead to overdraft fees and other kinds of real deep consequences. I would say that the earned wages access is used by predominantly lower paid individuals. And that's not what we see at Ralph Lauren, to be honest. We're Mm. seeing a wide range of people using the earned wage access. At the end of the day, most people just live within their means. So we're seeing a wide range of people using the earned wage access at different pay levels across the whole board. Yeah, I would agree with that. Great. Point taken. I wonder if either you, Mike, or or Nick, or or even Paul want to talk about parts of the world where you might see earn wage access growing and where it still remains inaccessible and why. What's really been interesting over the last few years is if you look at venture capital funding going into this category and wage access, it's over now $1.1 billion has been invested. And so we're seeing a ton of activity in this on-demand payroll earned wage access space from startups in multiple countries, but also established kind of like payroll providers getting into this space as well. And I would say there's a lot of companies in North America who have launched and are alive, but we're seeing companies sprout up in India, in Indonesia, in Brazil, And so countries all around the world now, I think this is just a movement that continues to grow and continues to get investment. And then I think the the second area here is, and something that Nick said, I think just not earned wage access now, it's payroll on demand. And it's paying not just your kind of like retail or workers, but it's paying those freelancers on that platform, those designers, those developers who do a job and need to get paid after that job. It's paying those workers who are maybe doing ride sharing or food and grocery delivery on a gig platform and need to get paid out after their shift so they can buy gas and groceries. Or it's even contractors who are working maybe at a temporary staffing agency and now need to submit an expense reimbursement 
or need to get paid out after their job. So I think it's expanding across different use cases now. And even something like in hospitality, like in restaurants and hotels, where people want to get paid their tips faster as well. And so how do you get your tips on demand? You can get music on demand, movies on demand. We're used to sending money now between friends and family on demand with a lot of these apps. And now that's conditioned you to just get your wages on demand as well. Paul, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about if you recognize this kind of payment revolution and what effect it might have on your job as someone who who manages payroll. When you look to the future, what do you see as kind of the things coming down the pipeline? I just was going to follow on from Mike's comments really on that exact subject in that from a payroll point of view, the possibility to have faster payments and reduce our payroll calendar, which is always very tight. It's always an argument of how long the payroll cycle should last and getting data from the business into the payroll so that we can get it to the bank and that whole process. If we can reduce that payroll cycle through these faster payment methods by one, I'm holding you to the two days you said, Nick, but even if we could utilize it by just one day, two days a month, it will make such a significant difference for us as a payroll operations team in order to be able to run our payrolls and just having that security of being able to make those payments faster throughout the month. In addition as well, one of the other benefits for us is that we no longer have to involve our finance and treasury teams in any of our payroll payments anymore. So that's reducing uh, workload that they previously had before when we had a payment got rejected by a bank, for instance, we had to wait for that payment to come back from the bank and then make a manual payment through finance. And that that whole process would take days. And all that time, you've got an employee screaming at you, I want my money, I want my money. We now are able to resolve that immediately through the faster payment option. So again, that just improves the level of service that we're able to provide to our employees in supporting them in payments of salary. So Paul, I imagine that in your role, often you're operating in the background. Is there a way in which some of this innovation can shine a spotlight on on what it is that you do? As you mentioned, payroll is always seen as a department that's very much in the background, considered an admin function. It's just a click of a button and so on. Often, payroll is seen as invisible. No one ever talks about payroll until it goes wrong. And then everyone wants to talk about payroll at that point. So having the opportunity to use this type of innovation and bring this to the business has been almost like gold for us because it's given an opportunity for the team to be seen in a different light that we can offer something from a strategic point of view to support our employees to the point where our chief HR officer on a recent town hall mentioned the Cloud Pay Now app and the fact that payroll has brought this to the table. And it's just nice for the payroll team to be able to hear the value that it's bringing to the organization and supporting our employees. Nick, this is something that I guess employees have to opt into. Are you hearing anything from employees who choose not to opt in? Why they might? I mean, it just seems like we're talking about all of these benefits, but what would be the hesitation? If they use that solution, they get a benefit the company gets a benefit. But what we mustn't do is tell the employee, you have to do it this way. We would never do that. We'd never expect our customers to do that. But people vote with their feet. And as we said, we've basically got over 90%, I think it's now 95% 
who basically use their card from choice. And I think that's a very telling thing. We had a customer conference in Portugal recently, and there was about 80 different customers there. Probably 30 of them would be interested in EWA, and 80 were interested in pay-on-demand. So that tells you the story that these are customers from all different industries. Paul was there. He saw this. And every single one of them would like instant payment 24-7 because it makes so much difference to everybody, not just the employee, but the employer. We don't have to run so many supplementary runs on the payroll. We don't miss a calendar date. We don't miss a pay date. There's so many things, so many differences it makes, apart from the fact all the things Mike said, people want their pay on demand, whether it's on a a wallet or a bank or a prepaid card or their debit card or their credit card. If they want, we can't dictate that. We should offer the facility to deliver it in the way the employee wants it while giving the employer benefits back. You know, Paul, one of the stated values of Ralph Lauren is innovation. And here you seem to be in a leadership role in terms of innovating how your employees get paid. But I wonder if that also trickles down to sort of other aspects of innovation. I know sustainability is really important to your company as well. And it makes me wonder if as you remove these barriers, as you remove bureaucracy and administrative burden, do you get a sense that this kind of facilitation also helps employees be more innovative in what it is they do? Or is that too tangential? Innovation, we are a company built on entrepreneur spirit. So taking risks is part of our everyday ethos, if you like. And yes, I think from a payroll point of view, for us, this is very much innovation at the cutting edge of payroll as it is today. As Mike mentioned earlier, I think payroll hasn't changed much in the last 20, 30 years. And to have this opportunity now to develop payroll through these faster payments and through the earned wages opportunities. And I think in years from now, whether it be one year, two years, this is how people are going to be paid. People are demanding it today already, and it will only grow and get bigger and bigger. So for us, from a payroll point of view, this has allowed us to be more strategic in our thinking, to bring innovation to the company, supporting our employees through well-being. And as I mentioned as well, bring efficiency savings to the way payroll runs from where it was yesterday to how we're running it today. So for me, this is only a positive. Mike, any last comments? Well, I think that what we've seen over the last few years is the pandemic has changed the way we work but also how we want to get paid as well. And so you might have a workforce now that has fundamentally changed. And now you've got people working in the office, working from home, working in different countries, working in different markets. So you kind of need to start to look at a global type of payroll solution that can deliver funds anywhere in the world because your workforce is going to be evolving to be this kind of like global workforce that can be working anywhere. The other shift that we've seen is the... Now people, consumers, workers, as you kind of leave school, you leave college, you open up that first bank account. Very rarely do people walk down to their local bank branch and say, I need a checking or savings account. (laughs) You open up the latest digital bank app, you open up an account right there. Maybe you get a debit card 
sent to you in the mail a few days later or, or a virtual card number where now you can start to buy things online, whether that's in Africa using a, your mobile phone company to open up your account, especially with Gen Z, they're the ones who are opening up and using the digital banks, money apps, and this next generation of users now want kind of like choice on how to receive their earnings. So we end each episode on money travels with some rapid fire questions. So Mike, what developing technology do you predict will change once again how money moves between people and businesses? Data and security. Nick, what do you think is overrated when it comes to financial technology? I think a lot of people overcomplicate it and sometimes people miss the obvious. So Mike, what aspect of money movement is actually more complicated than most people think? Having the infrastructure to do this at scale, but also the speed and reliability that you come to expect. Okay, Paul, what's the most common complaint you hear from employees? When we have issues with payments being rejected by banks, we have some internal controls that we have to follow that whole process and just, you know, having to listen to an employee telling you, I need my money now, and they're not doing it quietly either. Nick, the last one's for you, and with apologies, it's, it's probably the most difficult one. <laughs> Can you predict the future of money movement with a single catchy phrase? Needs to be instant. Well, thank you so much for being on Money Travels. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Money Travels. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe or follow the show and leave a review so more people can find it. Until next time, I'm Indre Viscontis, and this has been Money Travels, presented by Visa. Visa.